hanging out with the business boys. Welcome back to another episode of the business boys. I'm one of your hosts, Spencer Ayer. Today we have a special episode. I'm actually riding solo today, doing a little solo pod action. My main man, Jimmy, he's on the road. He's in Texas, doing some traveling for work, making sales, being a boss. So I thought it'd be a good opportunity to give you all my top 10 rules or tips to becoming a better investor. Not just better, but more successful and more responsible. Everyone thinks you need some new world-changing strategy to beat the stock market. That is untrue. In fact, it's completely false. Although there are many smart people, much smarter than me, I would add, that do have incredible complex strategies, the truth is you can become a very successful investor by following a pretty simple set of principles. In fact, some of the best investors of all time, Warren Buffett included, have relatively simple investing strategies. Now, this is not a list aimed to providing you with how to financially value a company, nor is it a list of how stocks tend to perform or which stocks to pick. I actually hate giving individual stock picks to people, as different people have different risk tolerances, and thus different people can be and should be in different stocks. Perhaps I'll go into this on another podcast. However, before we get into specific investment advice, there are some important fundamental rules that I believe each investor should adhere to. I truly believe that most investment mistakes are not based on individual stock picks, but rather on simple portfolio management and common sense mistakes. Now, let me first say that this is my own personal list. It is not a definitive set of rules, and perhaps others would find some of these points erroneous. I am also not claiming to be a master of investing. I'm still fairly new at this. This is simply a list of rules, or principles if you will, that I've learned over my short time investing. These 10 principles have helped make me a more successful investor. I'm sure I'm missing out on some, and this list will definitely expand over the years, but this is a good start to anyone who is interested in investing. So without further ado, let's get it started. Number one, diversification is important, but only to a certain extent. So what is diversification? Basically, it's not putting all your eggs into one basket. Usually when people have, you know, a portfolio of stocks, they don't just have one, two, or three. They have maybe five, 10, 15, 20. The reason you do this is because if one or two of the stocks fall, perhaps one or two of the other stocks rise. And you're more balanced and you can withstand certain headwinds like perhaps the technology sector is following, but the retail sector is doing very well. Now, I would say to all beginners out there to have no more than 10, maybe 15 stocks in your portfolio. And that's really pushing it. Why, might you ask? Well, it's easier to manage a smaller number of stocks or companies. I think it's much better to really understand and know perhaps 10 companies than to kind of understand 30 or 40 companies. You know, this will allow you to navigate tough times. Perhaps one of your stock is down quite a bit. You can really understand why it's down and if it's valid that it's down. 
If you have too many stocks, you might become overwhelmed, get confused, make a big mistake. Also on this point, never have too much of your portfolio in one company or industry. Let's say you have 10 companies or stocks. It wouldn't really make sense to have 80% of your money into one company and then 20% of the rest of your money over the other nine. Similarly, it wouldn't necessarily make sense to have all 10 of your companies be technology companies. Now, there are funds and people who only invest in certain industries like technology or healthcare or industrials. That's a different story. But just in general, for now, try to pick, you know, I'd say one company from food and beverage, one company in technology. You probably want more than one in technology, especially nowadays. Maybe one in retail, so clothing. We do this because there's certain points in the market where a whole sector will fall. And you really don't want to have all your eggs in that sector because it'll be a pretty brutal stretch. An example of this can be the tech bubble in early 2000. There were certain fund managers and many retail investors also had all their money on these new internet tech companies. And while some of them persisted and have become staples like Amazon, many of them fell to zero and went out of business. For a few years in the early thousands, those investing heavily in the dot-com stocks were making a killing. Most of those people now are out of business and have lost all their money. Number two. Buy in pieces over a long period of time at opportune times. Never buy all, your, all the stock in one company at once. And always have cash in hand just in case something happens and it drops. So there's going to be times when the stock you know and love falls. And that can present opportunities to buy. It might look right away that it's the right decision to put everything you have for that, uh, for that particular company at that time. But that is usually incorrect. There's no need to rush this. You should always buy a little bit over time when you're comfortable and have the comfortable amount of money to do so. Example, if you had bought $1,000 of Apple stock in August of 1998, 20 years ago, that $1,000 now, be 193,000. That's insane. I know it doesn't seem like that makes any sense whatsoever, but Amazon's a similar story. If you bought a thousand dollars of Amazon stock 20 years ago, it'd be worth over $88,000 these days. Now, this is obviously extreme examples, and quite honestly, it doesn't really seem to make sense looking at those numbers, but it's true. You know, and this is all despite the tech bubble in the early 2000s and the huge recession we had in 2008, in which markets lost over half their value. What I'm trying to say is if you look at a company over a long period of time, 10, 20 years, then these daily, monthly, or even yearly down, down periods will really look like nothing. Number three, research, study, analyze, think. Do not jump into a stock just by reading something or simply looking at a few metrics. Do your due diligence. What I mean by that 
You should be reading annual reports. You should be especially listening to the quarterly conference calls, which will give you a chance to see what management is thinking about the company, the future, and also see how they answer analyst questions. Also, reading reputable media articles is also a great way to get other people's opinions on a stock. However, don't take those too, too literally, as we'll get to in a second. Stick to companies you understand. This is a very important one. Um, just There might be a high-flying stock that's done very well. Other people are saying it looks great. But if you don't really understand the company and how they make money and how they do business, then just move on. Move on to another one. There are literally thousands of great companies and great investments out there. Not everyone is going to have the same portfolio. And the beauty of investing is not everyone has to. There are many different portfolios and companies that can lead different people to have different strategies, and they can both be successful. An example of this is Enron. A lot of people, a lot of, a lot of you people know Enron as one of the biggest, if not the biggest collapse in American history. Now, the problem with Enron is a lot of people didn't really understand the business, but they were kind of drawn in by all the hype and all the, you know, analyst praise. But if you really don't understand how the company makes money and what they do, perhaps it's best to just move on. Because then if something happens and the stock takes a nosedive, you're really not going to know why and what to do. Number four, trust yourself and your logical investment decision. Kind of ties into the previous one. Never buy a stock on someone else's recommendation without doing the previous step. So your own research, your own analysis, and your own thinking. Beware of the Wall Street hype. I just mentioned Enron. They had a ton of Wall Street hype. There's going to be downtimes that will test you. And if it's your own call on the stock, it will be a lot easier to hold and perhaps buy even more. If you just bought something because someone else told you to, and the stock, stock starts going down, you're going to be confused. You're probably going to be calling that person and wondering what they're thinking. You really don't want this to happen. But if it's your own research and you're confident in the long-term prospects of the company, then it's a great buying opportunity. And you could buy more and it'll pay off in the long term. Also, try to keep emotion out of it as much as possible. This is a hard thing to do. This is your money we're talking about here. Having a few down periods can be very emotional when you're seeing your stocks in the red. However, keep your head up, stay logical, and remember why you bought into the company in the first place. An example of this could be Chipotle. At the end of 2017, Chipotle stock had fallen about 70% from its highs. There were numerous negative articles about the company, including potential collapse, analysts were very pessimistic, food wasn't any good, blah, blah, blah. What happened since? Well, they made a CEO change, cut some costs, shed some negative public opinions, and the stock has rebounded a double since. Now, I'm not saying that's always going to happen, but if you were a believer in Chipotle before and their long-term mission and values, then it shouldn't be worried that it dropped 70%. 
it should present itself as a great opportunity to you. Number five, know when to admit you're wrong. Now, no one is perfect. Even the best money managers in the world make mistakes. I've made numerous, tons of mistakes. Sometimes you need to know when to cut back on a stock or completely sell it. Now, this is a hard thing to kind of explain. Um, There's so many factors that can contribute to this, and I'm not going to get all into them into all of them right now. Perhaps this on our next show, when I dive a little bit deeper into the investment decision, we'll go further into this. But there are certain times when you really need to understand when to move on. Also, be careful in which stocks you back up. I talked a lot in the previous points about how when a company you like falls maybe 20-25%, it could be a great opportunity to buy. However, sometimes it's not a great opportunity. You really need to think about what's going on, what contributed to the stock dropping. Is it really material, meaning is it really a permanent thing? Or is it simply people selling because they're scared, emotional, blah, blah, blah. An example, and it's kind of a personal one for me, is Macy's. I was very pessimistic on the whole retail environment about one year ago, I really thought Macy's was heading for bankruptcy. And it turned out I was flat wrong. The stock doubled since I started shorting it. However, pretty quickly, eh, not so quickly, but earlyish on, I kind of understood that, you know, even if I'm right, I'm risking too much here and it's too risky to bet that this company is going to zero. So I took a small loss moved on, and it turned out it was the right decision. I would have lost so much more money if I held on and was stubborn. There are times when you just need to look yourself in the mirror and say, I got this one wrong. Let's let it not happen again. Number six, stop aiming for the fences and having dreams about quadrupling your money. This is an important one. You know, responsible investing is a slow and timely process. This is not sports betting or the casino where you're going with $1,000 and you want to make $2,000, $3,000 by the end of a week. And in all likelihood, it's very unrealistic. This is a serious business. This is your hard-earned saved money. And you could technically lose all of it. Please, please, I'm begging you. Do not use the stock market like a casino. People always think about how much money they can make off a certain trade or investment, but they rarely think about how much they can lose. The next time you're buying a stock, in the back of your mind, say to yourself, I know it's possible that this stock goes to zero and I lose everything. Because in theory, that is definitely a possibility. I mean, the markets cannot open tomorrow and completely tank and go to zero. I mean, it's a very unlikely scenario, but it's definitely possible. You always need to understand the downside of a stock pick. An example of this. In late 2017, a biotech company who made machines called Biopix, Bioptics, I can't pronounce it, changed its name to Riot Blockchain. 
They merely added blockchain to their name and said they'd be working with cryptocurrencies and blockchain, but really didn't provide any sort of business plan or strategy. Well, what happened? Of course, end of 2017, everyone was crypto crazy. The stock went from $5 a share to $38 in a month. What happened after that? Well, now it's back down to 5 and the SEC is investigating it for fraud and market manipulation. I would say investing in too many penny stocks with terrible financials and prospects can also be a risky venture. Some marijuana stocks come to mind. There are certain ones that I think are fine, but I think a lot of them are kind of launching these smaller companies and people are betting them up like they're going to be huge without really understanding what the business is. Number seven, find proven companies that make a product or service which is difficult to replicate and has a strong customer brand. Now, these companies are likely to sustain a competitive advantage for a long time. Now, they're also less likely to nosedive during a recession or downturn. So what are some examples of companies like this? Let's say Coke, for example. Now, Coke's been around for many, many years, and it's been a successful, successful company. No matter what's happening in the market, people are probably still going to drink Coca-Cola and all the products that they own. Maybe they'll buy a bit less. However, it is pretty safe bet that people are still going to drink the odd Coke, even if times are tight. Another example could be McDonald's. There's been tons of negativity surrounding McDonald's over the years. But at the end of the day, it's the mo- one of the most recognizable brands in the world and probably the most successful restaurant or beverage of all time. No matter what's going on in the world, you can always count that people will go and eat some McDonald's. Number eight, probably the most obvious and overused one, but I thought it was important to put on this list. Buy low and sell high. The first thing I want to say on this point is taking some money off the table and booking some profits is always okay. I know a lot, a lot of times it's easy to think, oh, it should be, it could go, you know, X amount higher. The price should be this. But sometimes it's okay to take a little money off the table, all right? Book in those profits. It's okay. Let's say you have 20 Apple shares after this big rally that Apple had. It's fine to sell 10 of them, book the profits. Maybe you miss out on a bit of gain, but you're decreasing your risk and you're locking in money. You've made money. You don't have to be super risky. It's okay if you leave some money on the table by minimizing some risk. Buying when a stock is low or cratering can be very scary, but it can also be very lucrative. You know, this is a a long-term thing, investing. However, when you're watching it day to day, your opinion can sway very, very, very quickly. And you can get caught up in the day-to-day or even week-to-week pessimism. If it's a good company that you like and everything else looks good, when everyone else is selling and things are looking really bad, it's probably the best time to buy a company. Also, it's good to cycle your money within your portfolio. What I mean by that is, Let's say you have one stock that's done super, super well. It's made you a ton of money. 
And you have another stock, which has fallen and has probably not made you a ton of money. It's never a bad idea, if you're confident in all your research, to take some money out of the high-flying stock, book some of those profits, and buy a little more of the stock that's not doing so well. Because, again, you're confident that long-term, this company is going to be successful and do very well. It's always good to cycle your money within your portfolio. An example, and again a personal one, and perhaps this might not even have been the right call. Like I said before, you're going to make some mistakes. But I recently took some money out of Amazon and put it into Alibaba. Amazon's been one of the best stocks in the stock market this year. Why did I sell some? Well, it done very well, perhaps a bit too well, flown a bit too high. And Alibaba's been the opposite. It's been getting crushed lately. I think they're both great companies with tremendous upside. And just to be frank, I'm very high on China, probably higher than most people. But I thought it was the prudent decision to sell some Amazon and buy some more Alibaba. Just for this specific time. And just to let you all know, I would have done the same thing if those two companies were opposite. If Alibaba was doing very well and Amazon was hurting. It's just cycling my money within my portfolio. Number nine, learn from your mistakes, but do not dwell on the what ifs. Don't have FOMO. For those of you who lived under a rock the past 10 years, that's fear of missing out. The stock's still going to be there tomorrow. I know a lot of people, they see something, and I had this problem early on. I see perhaps an opportunity, and I want to rush in and get my money in right away. Don't be too quick to pull the trigger. Do your due diligence, research analysts think. The company's not going anywhere. If you end up buying in for a bit higher long term, it's not the end of the world. Analyze your errors and quickly learn from them. This is probably one of the most important steps. I typically spend the end of every day and before the market opens the next day, looking at what happened the previous day. What are some mistakes that I made? How can I fix them? It's very easy when you're doing well to kind of just, you know, brush everything under the rug and say, life is good, I'm making money. But you should always look for points where you can improve upon. That's really how you're going to become a better investor. If you never learn from your mistakes, and by the way, this is about anything in life. This can be applied to your, your job, your career, your uh, relationships, anything. If you're not learning from your mistakes and growing from them, then you're stuck on square one. And I believe Einstein said that that's insanity. An example of this could be Bitcoin at the end of 2017. I was slightly skeptical on the rapid price increases, and I had voiced those concerns to certain people asking me about them. And for about three, four months, I could not have looked like a bigger idiot. Now, a lot of people, I think, got the FOMO with Bitcoin and jumped in maybe at 11, 12,000. And by the way, I'm not saying that Bitcoin's going to zero. You know, it could still go up to 100,000. But I think that was a big problem with the collapse is a lot of people just jumped in without really knowing anything about it and not understanding it. And then when it started to sell off, they quickly took their money out, perhaps lost a bit, perhaps gained a bit. And Bitcoin prices have collapsed from their highs. Number 10, expect the unexpected and don't panic. You have to have patience, remain logical, 
and have a long-term outlook. You know, there's going to be some crazy events that cause you to pull your hair out and be very, you know, upset, pissed, make you want to sell everything. This is going to happen. This has happened historically in the market. You have to expect the unexpected. You have to remain cool, man. If you have a big decision to make, or if you're contemplating something, don't make it right away. Go take a walk, go work out, do some yoga, have a meal, maybe a green tea with lemon. Mull it over. Now, at the same time, if you've done your homework, there are certain times where you do need to act fast in rare situations. But in general, you really don't want to make any rash and quick, massive decisions. Understand that irrational things are going to happen. There are going to be days where it's probably better for the typical investor to not even look at your portfolio and the returns because it's going to be ugly and it's going to look frightening. But again, over the long term, if you're in the right companies and you're confident in this, this will be nothing more than a blip. Example, at the beginning of February, the markets tanked for two days. We had just come off an extraordinary run, hit all-time highs at the end of January, and really for no major reason, we just had a very, very scary sell-off. Now, during those two days, the, I guess, common opinion went from we're in this amazing market to the sky is falling, you know, chicken little. But this was not the case. Sometimes things just fly too high and they come crashing down. If you kept a logical head through this point and did a little bit of buying, not crazy amount of buying, because like I said, you always want to keep some cash just in case, expect the unexpected. But if you did a bit of buying during these two days in February, you're laughing now, right? We're right back to where we were in January. Knock on wood, hopefully this doesn't happen again soon, but I'm sure it will. So those are my 10 tips and tricks. Once again, just to run through them. Number one, diversification is important, but only to a certain extent. Two, buy in pieces over a long period of time at opportune times. Three, research, study, analyze, think. Four, trust yourself and your logical investment decisions. Five, know when to admit you're wrong. Six, stop aiming for the fences. Seven, find proven companies that make a product or service which is difficult to replicate and has a strong customer brand. Eight, buy low, sell high. Nine, learn from your mistakes. Do not dwell on the what ifs. Ten, expect the unexpected and don't panic. As I said before, this is not a definitive top 10 principles that everyone should follow. However, I think if you follow most of these, you'll find yourself being a more successful investor. I hope this was helpful, and I hope you enjoyed me talking with no one else here. I do miss Jimmy, and we will be back next week with a Gangbusters episode. Anyways, appreciate, as always, everyone who listens. Hope you have a great end of the week. And I'll see you guys next time. Peace out.